I'm Tyler Perry, founder of Perry Turf and Seed, and this is the Prairie Farm Podcast. Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast. We are. Well, first, let me say who we is. It would be your favorite host, Nicholas Leary, your favorite co-host, Ken Boucher, and your favorite, maybe, I don't know, we'll see, guest, Tyler Perry. Now, uh, I am not apologizing because we love this Tyler Perry, not the Tyler Perry you're thinking. This mm. Tyler Perry owns its Perry uh, Turf and Seed. You got it. Yep. Out of uh, out of uh, near Ankeny. The city of Perry is actually named after him, if you didn't know that. Yeah. Fun actually, fact. Tyler Perry was named after this Tyler Perry. And wasn't there also a, <laughs> wasn't there also a uh, like a presidential candidate several years ago whose last name was Perry as well. I think he was also named after Tyler. There's a lot of famous Perrys around. You're saying people's last names are named after <laughs> Tyler Perry? <laughs> I think there was a singer, too. I like. don't think you understand how... <laughs> <laughs> Katie, anyway. Katie Perry? I don't <laughs> oh, my goodness. My sister. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Please, please tell me your sister's name's Katie Perry. No, no sister. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Okay, so we are here with a guest doing something a little different. We're hanging out at Coffee Cup Cafe in Sully, Iowa. Shout mm. out to this place because they let Best us record in here. Pie. They've Holy got smokes. Great pie. They they just got good food. They got good food. I'm you, buying more pie before I leave to take I'm, home to my family and get some serious uh, brownie points. I think one year they won or almost won best pie of the year in Iowa. We're gonna go with one. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, get your straight facts from here. We are guessing. So <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're doing something a little different. We're kind of doing a coffee time Wednesday. Not totally sure when this will release. So it might be Wednesday. It might not be Wednesday. We're not holding ourselves to 15 minutes. Uh, and we have a guest and Peyton's not here. So is it really coffee time Wednesday if Peyton's not here? I don't know. We're at the coffee cup, though. So we are. We there's are. There's more coffee involved than normal. And this has been the longest coffee time I've ever taken. Poor Peyton's <laughs> at the office actually doing our work. He deserves it. He didn't help us with our uh, special project. That oh, yeah. Yesterday, we, we were nearly landed Nick and I both in a body cast for My today. goodness. So we are jackhammering cement out of a basement of a house that uh, – we then had to bucket the cement up the stairs. We had to like carry all those buckets of cement up the stairs. And a, a new phrase came out of that. Uh, oh, um, the, jackhammering. The, the jackhammer jack is rest. The jackhammer is rest. Because the easiest thing we were doing that day was the jackhammer, and it was oh, not man. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That thing weighed probably 75, 80 pounds. And... Oh, my goodness. But it was still the easiest thing we did all yep. day. Jack, the jackhammer is rest. Yep. Praise God. All right, so. We've all come with some topics, and uh, Kent came very unprepared, so he's going first. <laughs> Let's go. In my defense, uh, you know, I I kind of was so busy the past few days that I didn't I didn't really get a chance to look one up, and I have not been getting my normal source of news from Fritch or my father in law. So mm. you know, little little uh, thing sounds like other people that. are doing they, your work for I, you. I again. need you guys. <laughs> I need you to come through with these great articles. But uh, no, in all seriousness, I, I didn't have to look far. Um, I basically had to swipe, what is that, right on my phone to get mm, Apple News. Not what news. that means. Yep, no, yep. different thing. I'm not, re- I'm not referencing swipe. Tinder. Yeah. I was married long before Timber or Tinder. Timber, was. Timber. oh my goodness. <laughs> this boomer, oh my word. <laughs> See, Timber? now you know I'm not telling, oh, I'm not telling no lies here because... I, I can't even get the name right. <laughs> the old Timber app. I was long married since before Tinder came around. 
So uh, my swipe right brings up Apple News. Okay. And uh, the first, More wholesome. the very first thing on the top of my Apple News swipe was um, a article in reference to climate change. Mm. That's because Apple has your data. <laughs> yes, that, I'm sure that is why. But I also get random other articles that I would never read. But about like so, anime and stuff, <laughs> probably. Ken gets all the anime, and he's like, "I swear, I don't even know why this is showing up now." <laughs> you know, the first time I ever watched anything that was anime. Was when for anyone who doesn't know, that's cartoons made in Japan that have been adopted in American culture. That was when Pokemon like first came around. Back, oh yeah. So you're talking probably late '90s. The first time I ever the old came. demon cartoon. And then I started oh, Pokemon. Yeah, anime. that's what that was. Go- that was the big talk then. Was you know like half the kids, their parents were okay with it, half were not. Mine at the time were not. Neither and, were mine. And I didn't really care about it anyways. You know, I I I I was more interested in like football cards and baseball cards and mm. stuff like that so i ran a few scams though you know i'd find cards <laughs> on the playground or something that some kid spilled somewhere and i'd sell them for a buck a piece or whatever wow True story oh, i made, made a little dough doing That's it beautiful but, turns uh, out the start of the mafia kingpin right here <laughs> pokemon kingpin but that's the extent of my anime knowledge um, but i'm always fascinated at how many people watch and enjoy anime it more it, people were subscribed to Crunchyroll than netflix last year what? i don't know what that means Crunchyroll is like is netflix that on timber too timber <laughs> timber too the old timbuk2 app uh, <laughs> where they got Crunchyroll and swiping right man if if someone is like visiting from another country and our pop culture references this time are <laughs> <laughs> wild my goodness so we are a conservation podcast <laughs> yeah so you had something about climate change <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so anyways uh my article that came up i'll go first so i don't forget what i just read but uh this little tiny island uh just off the kind of the northwest coast of australia new zealand and, and no i think that would be southwest right is new zealand southwest is it south of it it is south i believe Oh, I'm thinking of the Philippines. I think that's northeast, isn't it? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe not. But but, uh, anyways, it's an island nation, Vanuatu. I had to look up that Google pronunciation to uh, see how that was pronounced exactly. But Vanuatu, this tiny little island, um, basically was able to get the UN to almost enact like a legal requirement for the members, the the nations that belong to the UN to have to establish a climate change mitigation policy, like, and then put in there what those obligations are to be, to meet the requirements of the policy and then what the consequences are uh, if they don't. And what's significant about this is, is a tiny, tiny little country that has really so far been bearing some of the most significant uh, effects of climate change because Mm. they're an island country and where they're positioned at uh, on the globe, they have been experiencing just a a crazy increase in number of really severe tropical storms. And uh, if you know how those tropical storms form, the energy source for them is really heat. And so as the, the planet is warming, they're getting more of these storms. They're also, they're also experiencing some, you know, some increased numbers or in, more intense droughts 
you know, dry seasons, I guess would be a better way to say that. And um, they really have had to bear, and also in, uh, increasing sea levels, they've had to bear the brunt as far as their tiny little island is concerned of a lot of the consequences that are being created by countries much, much, much larger than theirs, right? Mm. So even if Vanuatu is out burning tires every day and, and you know, using a ton of fossil fuels, they're such a tiny country compared to what a, you know, a conservation-minded nation that, you know, is like the size of uh, North America or China or whatever their their effect is so much less but is felt so much more from from uh climate change as a whole that they needed to have a voice at the table and so that happened and uh there was one quote in the article the article is actually from cnn the article is titled a win of epic proportions world's highest court can set out countries' climate obligations after Vanuatu secures historic UN vote. And uh, the quote that I, uh, I saw in there that I thought you know might resonate with people tuning in was, uh, this was like a student, I believe, who was quoted saying this and making reference into like, you know, learning about climate change. What is the use of learning all this knowledge if it's not for people to fight the single greatest threat to their security? She said, for me, the memories of my childhood growing up in my village with my people are slowly fading. And as the environment that sustained us disintegrates before our eyes. So basically saying we can learn about climate change. We can learn that, yep, it's a problem. We can learn that we experience these negative effects that we are already experiencing here in our country. But if we don't ever, you know, push against it and actually make those big changes that have to be made, then what is knowing about it even worth? And Mm. I thought that was pretty impactful statement for, you know, a young person to make. And just again, really cool that a small little country like that could still have its voice heard on the issue. And hopefully, uh, you know, that now that there's some more, hard set conditions for you know if you're going to belong to the un you got to abide by these obligations for mitigating climate change hopefully it makes vanuatu a better place to live in the future for this Mm. person and those Mm. whom she loves Mm. that's pretty cool that is pretty cool getting getting some action taken i know there's a lot of lip service going on all over the world like like the plumber who said that they would be in my house this week. <laughs> lip service. Nothing but lip service. Yep, yep. Isn't your plumber getting on an airplane right now? Dude, Caleb, my good friend Caleb's coming from Alabama to fix my plumbing. You're a good man, Caleb. So if you're a plumber and you're not if you're not flying from one state to another, then what are, what are we doing? We need Nick's shower to be working here very soon, Caleb, so yeah. thank you. We're getting to the warm months. Yep. All right, all right. So, so we've got our guest, Tyler. Tyler, who are you? What do you do? My name is Tyler Perry. I'm a business owner in Central Iowa, and we help homeowners establish uh, turf and other native areas. And so, uh, the the topic that I brought for today is wait, 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 wait. We gotta go back. We gotta go back. You do turf. We. I think I've preached against turf like, like three times on this podcast. Um, what's what's different? By well, by turf you mean like a turf. Farm, oh yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Like um, like introduced 
Astro uh, fescue and different turfs. What kind of turf do you do? Yeah, so 90% of our work is just cool season grass, hmm. um, which on a surface level is, yes, not the best <laughs> for the goals of, uh, you know, where we're hoping to go um, j- just as a, as a culture and as, a, as an ecosystem. Um, however, it still does play an important role. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the... Absolutely. A lot of the places where we're seeding, um, so so our method, hydro seeding, does a really great job of preventing erosion. Um, and so without the, the hydro seed on the surface of the earth, uh, it'll just wash away. And so um, you're losing a lot of topsoil. That topsoil is ending up in our waterways and um, a whole slew of different. <laughs> can, can, you, can you explain for our listeners what hydro seeding is? I'm sure someone will look it up and watch YouTube videos and that, but it's good to hear it from somebody who actually uh, works in the business. Could you like, uh, just kind of maybe give the, what's, what does Michael Scott say? Explain to this to me. Explain like, to me like I'm eight. <laughs> <laughs> now explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So give us somewhere in there, you know, like yeah. a good baseline explanation for it. Yeah, sure. A lot of folks have probably seen it, uh, especially if you're driving down the interstate. Sometimes you've seen uh, like big trucks spraying it onto the side of the road. And it's a method for growing seed. Uh, The nice thing about it is you can put any sort of seed you want in there. It can be uh, cool season turf grass. It can also be native prairie. Um, Any seed you want, you can put into there. But basically it is a um, it's a wood fiber combined with uh, fertilizer if you want, a tacking agent so it doesn't go anywhere when it rains. Um, and all that mixed into one slurry that, that you can spray onto the ground and uh, grow your desired vegetation. Hmm. Yeah, very cool. That's fascinating. So where do you do this? Central Iowa, for the most part. Travel to several different counties. Um, Hydroceding, though, can be found all over the place. Hmm. So Tyler reached out to us. Guys, also, I'm a little groggy from the food that we just ate at Coffee Cup because it was delicious. But... Tyler reached out to us because he is interested in doing more native seeding and things of the such. But the thing is, if a customer doesn't want native seed in the lawn, well, then he's not going to be able to feed his kids if he doesn't provide them with well, what well, they want. And and there is there is an importance there. Remember, we are not unmodified iowa any longer we're mm-hmm. far from that mm-hmm. and one the first modification that may have happened was the first log cabin that had a yard that was put on the iowa landscape mm-hmm. and um it's important to have have grasses in a yard area that can be there most of the year because there's a lot of traffic there's there's also you know the threat of fire you know if you have real tall standing grass you know, like big blue stem that goes right up to your house. Well, if that ever caught on fire, so is your house. Yeah. And and so, you know, there is there and erosion control. Some of them are excellent for erosion control as well. Uh, there's there's multiple reasons for why cool season grasses can still be, you know, a have a positive effect. And even in you know some pasture mixes, yeah, uh, there's some non-native cool season grasses in there uh, that you know can help provide a lot of grazing value for farmers so yeah and i think sometimes when people are listening to our stuff they think that we are just think everyone should live in a jungle and uh uh, have a little (laughs) hut and and have like um what do you call those that that like 
the loincloth, loin yes. the old loincloth. Uh, mm. And we definitely don't think that way. We we believe buildings are here to stay. You know, I am. Uh, if you're going to have a custom line of loincloths, what would you name that line? Ooh. You have ten seconds to come up. With Tommy a Loin. <laughs> that, I don't know. That just came to mind. I, don't know, I was ready. We're going to see that on the Prairie Farm uh, uh, e-commerce site. <laughs> yeah. Would you have a fanny pack that had like a drop, uh, like oh, a, a drop man. down loincloth? Tommy fan. I don't know. I don't know. Lowers right out of the pocket. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh no. So, uh, um, actually, Kent was let go of his teaching job. I don't know if anybody knew that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is not true. Is, no, not true. But uh, so we don't actually – we don't believe that the world's going to go back to how it was. We just think how it is is working momentarily but at the expense of the future so we can mm. change things how it is. And one of those really cool things that could be changed – is natives in lawns um so anyway we we yeah. we were chatting with uh, actually peyton was chatting with you at uh, the iowa deer classic was it yep. yep and just hit it off and so we invited him to come out check out our farm and and we have really enjoyed hanging out with you today but uh that's beside the point you have an actual topic you were gonna i do about. i brought a topic and it relates uh very closely to what we've been talking about so a lot of folks, if they are looking to make modifications, say you're an average homeowner living in suburbia, you have you know your classic quarter acre lot. Um, there's still a lot of cool things that you can do um, oh, as yeah. a homeowner as far as uh, um, basically just restoring and adding value to uh, uh, your ecosystem and the land that you have. Um, before you think about paying money out of your pocket for these things, there are certain resources that you can look to, um, especially if you are part of a larger town or city or metropolitan area that will actually rebate you some of your costs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Des Moines Metro, for example, they have, I, I think almost every major city in the Des Moines Metro, they have some sort of cost sharing program for a lot wow. of these, these mm -hmm. big projects. So um, I've got this spreadsheet right here in front of me, but if you want to do anything with like soil quality restoration, uh, getting a rain garden or like a rain barrel, permeable pavers, rain barrels, native landscaping, drainage tile, there are all sorts mm. of projects that are um, sometimes covered up to 100% um, by the city. Wow. Um, you just have to apply for yeah. it. So do your research before you... Uh, do a project yeah that's actually my i woke up this morning so i've got a good friend i've got two really good friends named caleb and they were my first two phone calls this morning one was getting on a plane telling me that he was headed to iowa uh and he would be here tonight and uh so i just found out that, that this morning the other caleb was calling me saying hey i had a rain uh garden job and i uh, lost it because the lady wasn't sure if she wanted it anymore. Um, but I still really want to do a rain garden and like get pictures of it and like see how they go and, and start marketing those. Hmm. So what if you, we did it in your lawn just for the price of materials. And I was very excited yeah. about that because Knoxville does not have anything, you know, they, they've got different economic things that they are working towards. So, uh, it, and uh, I think because I had to put in tile because there was water like running under our house and it just is not a good place to be running water. Unless your uh, house is under siege. <laughs> true. That you can collect that water. That's right. My goodness. Very valuable. Yeah. yeah. You never know. 
<laughs> Are you looking okay? into the future? Yeah, or the past. I don't know. <laughs> I have to that? fill some of Peyton's role right now because he's not here with us. Dude, you just can't. You could not. You don't, I don't want to I, replace that man's brain. <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> he's got his own brain going on there. That is true. But uh, and I, rain gardens are really cool. And they can look amazing because they're not just like a patch of prairie. Usually they're like like 15 plants in a small area that normally puddles mm-hmm. where your tile outspouts from mm-hmm. your house. Yep. And uh, you just have like some nice sedges, some milkweed. They're just beautiful. I highly yeah. recommend them. They do look good. They're a little expensive because you do have to dig stuff up and put rock down. Um, but man, they're beautiful. If you're trying, if you're trying to make your neighbors jealous, don't do it by greener grass. Oh. Do it by cooler flowers. Say it again. Good landscaping. Yeah. Come on. I didn't know I was preaching today. Come on. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so this definitely ain't no coffee time Wednesday because we're at twenty five minute, twenty oh, minutes man. and twenty five seconds. Hey, it's and I worth rocked. every minute. Oh yeah. Especially the siege part. Yeah. <laughs> No, the loincloth part was better. You ever like totally insulted someone and then looked them in the eye and been like, man, you're welcome. I feel like our <laughs> podcast does that sometimes. <laughs> like, hey, you just listen to that for 45 minutes. You're welcome. <laughs> no, actually, we've been getting really good feedback from a lot of you guys who have been listening to our stuff. And we yeah, really keep doing that. That's it. the best part. Yeah. And if there's something you want to hear about or we will spend the time studying or giving our uh, uh uh, slightly better than amateur, but less than expert, <laughs> you know, <laughs> experience. Um, we will we will talk about it. Um, so shoot us an email at uh, kent at gmail dot no. Uh, <laughs> let's do info at hoxynativeseeds.com or you can do the prairie farmers at gmail dot com. Yeah, mm. um, it's my turn. Yeah, let's Man. hear hear what you uh, prepared, Nick. Dude, so. In California, they're going through those real rough droughts, right? And then mm-hmm. they get a little bit of rain, and then they get real bad droughts. Well, my friend out there who does sprinklers, he was stressing because he was like, well, if they start give, making a ban on sprinkling mm. over your lawn or how much you can do it, and somebody's yeah. like, well, that's not not good for business. But then they start getting these floods this winter, right? They got mm-hmm. the, Basically, it was, like, it was like a stream of water in the sky, that like came from the yeah from the Pacific Ocean came over the northern part of California and into Oregon and then just when it hit land just dumped all the water mm. and uh, so they just got flooding and they got a lot of criticism of like oh you guys weren't a drought and then you weren't even ready to handle all this rain blah 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 it's like nobody is ready to right what are you supposed to do yeah. go around and drill a bunch of holes in the yeah, ground like, you know? in the of like, <laughs> we're gonna aerate the state quick. yeah <laughs> Be- because I mean if water can't soak into the ground quick enough it just runs off the top of the surface and then it's going to hit the nearest river you know lowest point so but there are farmers there was one in particular i was reading about but there's lots of these farmers that are doing it that have banded together to get the ground uh water table up which if you've listened to all our episodes you've heard me talk about the ground water levels they're they were real low in lots of places they're really in iowa they're not good northern texas they're like dire um and what they're doing is they're basically foregoing all of their they forewent all these crops like hundreds or thousands Mm. of acres totals total they just said like hey we won't have crops this year and then they just like let it flood. They let all this water. I don't know how they got all the water there, but instead of get them being dumped into rivers, they're now getting sent to these farms as basically lakes. It redirected some them, it somehow. Yeah, wow. Some of them are as far as you can see. They're like a huge lake that looks like the ocean. 
And uh, so one, one farmer was talking about he used to have tomatoes, hundreds of acres of tomatoes right there, and now he's got a giant now reservoir a of water. And he's pumping water to cities to the reservoirs. Wow. So they're able to get it, and he's getting paid for that. I don't know if that fully balances out what he would have made in tomatoes, you know. Mm-hmm. But he basically said and, – and he didn't know he'd be able to sell the water later. He was actually ready for the water to just, like, slowly seep into the ground and, and raise the water levels. So he gave up potential revenue. Good for, for him. The, yeah, for the greater good of that, that water table. And, and, good for them. And he's thinking ahead. Like, you, you could – you could say like, oh, he's doing it economically for himself for the future. Great. <laughs> you know, that's better than, than living off the land so strongly now that there is no future on the land. Mm-hmm. So he was thinking ahead and hopefully, you know, him and, and all the other farmers that are giving their land for it are getting repaid for the water, you know, by the public or the taxpayers or whoever needs to be paying them for the water. But uh, I just thought that was super cool. And uh, there are tons of farmers out there doing it. And and I looked at one before and after picture, and it was literally like a desert, like cracked ground all mm-hmm. over the place. And it's just a year later, and it's it's like eight feet of water, just as far as you can see. Mm. Eh, so wild. Could open it up for a swimming pool too. That, or just throw sharks out there and start fishing. <laughs> Sorry, shark fishing experience. Yeah, freshwater shark fishing in uh, that, on a, on they a bull sharks tomato that, farm. They can survive in freshwater. Really? Yeah. What are the like salmon? What are some other like really common, fresh and goldfish? Really? Um, man, bull sharks are kind of where I was at, and salmon kind of took my two. Oh, that's that's okay. We're not knowledgeable apparently about <laughs> fresh and saltwater <laughs> fish. I guess we'll just scurry on from that one. Man, well, Tyler, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We for sure will have to have it's you been over. Great. I'm not sure if you're their favorite guest. We should have a poll. We should actually ask Ooh, our people yeah. who are, who their favorite guests would be. Um, but we should separate them. We should have like our normal Friday large podcast, and then we'll start getting guests on the like these coffee time Wednesday episodes. And, and you could see. run it like a March Madness bracket. Yeah, that's what I was yes, going to say. That's a good yes, idea. That is a good idea. I've seen those online, like um, like with basketball players. They have uh, YouTube. You know, you can do a poll. Well, there's this like popular YouTube channel that talks about basketball, and he's running this March Madness poll right now about who's the greatest of all time. So obviously, like the one seed, you've got like Bill Russell, uh, MJ. Um, I don't think Kobe was a one seed. I think LeBron was a one seed, and someone else. And, and then you've Wilt got, Chamberlain, mm, probably. Yeah, um, I don't know, but uh, they're they're running through it right now. It's pretty cool. He's just doing one per day, one matchup per day. That's cool. Yeah. I, I used to listen to a radio show that would do their annual uh, tournament of bad. And so they would uh, find all the like horrific news events that happened of that year, and they would fill out a bracket <laughs> no. by that. You know? Oh my goodness! And which which thing yeah. ends up being the worst well, thing? It was a Chicago-based sports radio station, uh, six seventy the score, and it was the year when uh, the Bears had just had to beat the Packers to go to the playoffs, and <laughs> came down to the last play of the game, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, just oh, is that the throws a wide open yeah. touch, oh, like play. yeah, hail mary pass, and and so I think who won it that year were Chicago Bears safeties. I think they won the tournament of bad. <laughs> what <laughs> over like shootings or stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, like uh, Chicago Bears safety. Like uh, I think one was elevator rides with Ray Rice or uh, oh my goodness, take well, it, don't 
Don't tell me that Chicago <laughs> fans aren't aren't loyal. My goodness. <laughs> Although there seemed to be a, in 2015 or 16 when the Cubs won the World Series, there seemed to be a couple more Cubs fans than there were the year before. Mm. Right. I don't know out there in the Wrigley Stadium. Yep, yep. We are not a sports what? podcast. We're a conservation con- <laughs> podcast. We really appreciate you listening. And if you are looking at doing something in your native uh, native lawn, hit us up, theprairiefarm.com or hoxynativeseeds.com. We've got a bunch of blogs. We've got different seed mixes that are designed for the Midwest, for native lawns. We have turf grass. We have um, mixes for shade. We have mixes for full sun. We have tall mixes. We have short mixes. So check them out. But uh, remember, conservation happens one mind at a time, and that could be you. Hmm.